0: Welcome to Luke 418 Radio. You're listening to The Dove. I am your host, Kenneth Ramsby. I would like to welcome each and every one of you. I hope your life is enhanced by the word of God we share here on The Dove. Come with me as we receive inspiration to our hearts for life. Hello, Dove Show listeners. To begin today's show, I would like to read from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 25. And the word of God reads, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Today's subject is unhindered forgiveness. Last week, we talked about living unhindered. This week, we're going to talk about unhindered forgiveness. Yes, forgiveness of sin used to come in the Old Testament by the shedding of blood of animals to cover the sins of the people. But Jesus changed everything. And now through his sacrifice on the cross, Forgiveness is available to all who confess and believe. There is no longer any hindrance to forgiveness and salvation. Thank you, Most Heavenly Father, not only for forgiveness I have received in my life, but for making forgiveness available to everyone. Thank you, Lord, for removing the obstacles and sending your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could experience forgiveness, redemption, and and salvation, in Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Acts, chapter 28, verses 28 through 31, we read, therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his rented house received all who came to him preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence no one forbidding him. And in the book of Romans 10:9 it states that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As I mentioned last week, I wanted to continue with being unhindered. So today we're going to continue it with unhindered forgiveness, as I mentioned. Last week, we discussed the book of Acts and noted that it is not just a list of attributes to memorize or bullet points to fit on the spreadsheet. The book of Acts tells the story of the birth of Christianity and the very beginnings of the spread of the gospel. And when you're going through the book of Acts, there's one specific word, as we mentioned last week, that brings it all together. And that very last word in the book of Acts is unhindered again it's this one word that bridges the gospel accounts to the epistles this one word gives us context hope and clarity for all that god has done and is doing through his son jesus christ last week We started by looking at the lavish love and grace available to us through living unhindered in the kingdom. God has held nothing back from us, and we'll see over the next week or two just how amazing that truth really is. I wanted to start by telling the story about a person I know. After many years of being away from his family, Because of work, of course. This person returned as it was time for them to retire. So they came back to be around their family. And then one day his brother comes to him and asks him to loan him some money. He said, you know, loan me some money, I'll pay you back. And of course, he lent him some money. Now, mind you, this person had not been around his brothers for around 30 years or so. But nonetheless, he lends it money to his brother. Now, as time goes by and his brother had not yet paid him back as he said he would, his brother again asked him to loan him some more money for the second time. Remember, he had not yet paid him back for the first supposed loan. But yet again, he after asking his brother, hey, bro, you hadn't paid me back for the the first loan I gave you. You know, and when he said that all the while he was thinking, man, he got some nerve to ask me for some more money. I feel like my brother is just using me or treating me, you know, like I'm not his brother, but somebody else. I don't know what's going on. You know, maybe he treat me like people he used to scam or something it just didn't feel right. Right. His brother tells him, I know I owe you. And I'll pay you back the money that I borrowed and what I want to borrow today. You know, the money I owe you and the money I want to borrow. He gritting his teeth. He tells his brother, OK, all right, man, I'll go ahead and give you the money. No problem. Now, some times goes by and this person I know decides to give his life to Christ and live according to God's word in all things. And this is the guy who was lending the money, of course. Sure enough, his brother comes back to him and again for the third time, asks him to lend him some more money. A thought goes through his mind again. Boy, my brother has a lot of nerve. And he tells him, he says, look, you hadn't paid me back for the first two loans. So are you sure you want a loan or do you just want me to give you the money? And his brother tells him, no, man, no, I'm going to pay you back. You know, I'll pay you back. Just loan it to me. I'll pay you back for the first two and this one too. Years go by and periodically the person I know thought about how bad it was for his brother to keep lying about paying them back. He eventually decides at some point to tell him, look, man, just keep the money. Whatever I loaned you, supposedly, you know, uh just going to keep it and whatever you had loaned, it got loaned and and we Ain't doing no more loans We ain't gonna do money no more No more borrowing between us And no more loans Because it's getting to a point You know Because it became a problem With this person I know And he said he felt hurt And knew if he continued To lend money to his brother And his brother keep telling him that he was going to pay him back and didn't, you know, and they had been apart for 30 years, you know. He didn't want to ruin the relationship, right? And he was trying, you know, to get to know his brother after all this time as well. And he knew by now that any money his brother saved to loan him, that he wouldn't going most likely wasn't going to get it back. Now, many may be thinking at this point on why he had not asked him for the money back at some point, especially since they had not been talking, you know, but numerous times uh, on the phone and then they had some get togethers, you know, they were, you know, and they were trying to get to know each other and then that built up and they start talking more and more and then more gatherings together and they get to see each other, but the brother, the guy I know, he didn't uh continually ask him for his money back during all those years, you know. And now, especially at this point in our story, we have gone. This person I know has grown at this point in God's grace, and through his growth and reading of the gospel, has read and understands the scripture in Matthew five forty two that he should. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And in Luke 6, 34 through 36, the Bible reads, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So yes, God is kind to the wicked. Mm-hmm. And if not for God's word, I would contemplate that this person I know would have asked for the money back, especially since his brother kept on saying he wanted it to be a loan and would pay it back, even though at one point was afforded the opportunity to just say that I can't pay it back. And could you just give it to me because I can't pay it back? They yeah, were even afforded that opportunity. His brother told him, look, you sure you want to borrow this money? You know, because you done asked a couple of times and they pay it back, you know, or did you want to just say, you know, look, man, I can't pay you back. You know, could you just give me the money? And he took the option of, no, nah, man, i pay you back. Mm-hmm. So I think he may have chased his brother down for it, Even if not, wouldn't let go of that money for three times. But guess what? Where we are at the end of this story. We're not at the end yet. I'ma tell you, at one point, you know, I think that before he found Jesus Christ, he would have chased his brother down trying to get his money, asking for his mother back every time he asked him, was saying, hey, man, you just bought another car. You just bought this. You just bought that, but you still owe me money. But no, he never did that. Amazing, right? Amazing how God's word gets written on your heart and you do things that's separate from what the world does them like lending money and chasing people down to get that money back. But see, what God says is if you lend them money, don't ask for it back and don't expect it back. Ain't that amazing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, we're going to go on, but I'm going to tell you, this ain't the end of the story. <laughs> you know, years later, this brother who had borrowed money three times asked For the money a fourth time. And so after being reminded that they would not borrow money and lend money to each other anymore. Not to mess up their relationship. The person was reminded to know that he was a true follower of God's word. And it was sad. As he knew his brother was a liar by now and felt that if he continued and died as they were getting older now would end up in hell without repentance. See, it came to a point where the person I know figured out that his brother was lying, wouldn't go, wouldn't, he wasn't really going to pay him back. Anyway, when he first asked for it, he was just standing up there telling him a lie, saying he going to pay him back and had no intentions to in the first place. Ain't that amazing? So he reminded his brother of them not borrowing or lending any money anymore because of the times they had lent money and he didn't repay and he let him have it as he said he would. And the answer he received from his brother shocked him after (laughs) It's amazing what his brother said to him. This person I know heard his brother tell him this. I don't remember borrowing any money from you ever. I'll tell you, this person I know said his mouth dropped in unbelief and thought, Huh? I can't believe he just said that. He reminded them that would not have, <laughs> I can't believe it. It's amazing that he said he he don't even remember borrowing any money at all. Mm-hmm. So, even though the Bible says, if asked, give, there is also a point in which the Bible tells us also to use discernment. You see, if we loan money or anything else to someone with the understanding that it's to be repaid, that person is breaking their word if they don't pay it back, especially if they never had any intention to do so. The Bible bluntly says the wicked borrow and do not repay in Psalms thirty-seven twenty-one. Also, yet. We need to remember that the Bible's teaching on money matters also includes borrowing money and indebtedness. Also, the Bible does tell us not to expressly forbid borrowing money. It doesn't encourage it either. It's not God's best for his people as debt essentially makes one a slave to the lender. So says Proverbs 22, 7. God would rather have us look at him for our needs than rely on lenders. Additionally, as the psalmist makes clear, we are to repay our debts in Psalms thirty-seven twenty-one. When we loan money to someone, we increase that person's debt load and make it easier for them to stumble. Mm hmm. Just like my friend, the guy I know, just like his brother just stumbled along lying, saying he's going to do something. Never did. Right. Just a blatant lie. We must be careful because money is one of the main reasons for broken relationships. And I'm glad that the person I know figured that out early in the money lending department with his brother. The person I know found this out just in time. And if you're low on cash as well, then just say no. If you ain't got it and somebody asking you for it, just say no. If someone refuses to work and attempt to try to find a job, but keeps asking for money and they ain't, you know, they they, they attempting, you know, making attempts is a is a whole different thing than really trying to find a job. I don't believe you should keep helping that person. If you don't work, you don't eat. And some people have to learn that. If you don't work, you don't eat. In conclusion, give freely to the less fortunate expecting nothing in return. Help the poor, help your family, and help friends who are in need. Also looking at 2 Thessalonians 3, Verses 7 through 10, we read, you yourselves know that you should live like we do. We were not lazy when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked and worked so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We work night and day. We had the right to ask you for to help us, but we worked to take care of ourselves so that we would be an example for you to follow. When we were with you, we gave you this rule. Whoever will not work should not be allowed to eat. The point that I am saying is, this doesn't mean, however, that we should allow people to take advantage of us and steal from us, which is exactly what happens when some people promises to repay us, but later without reason refuses to do so. If we loan money or anything else to someone with the understanding that is to be repaid, that person is breaking their word if they don't pay it back, especially. Especially if they never had any intention of doing so in the first place. Again, the Bible bluntly says this: "The wicked borrow and do not repay." Psalms thirty-seven twenty-one. But someone is just taking advantage of a person the next time he asks and suggests you know you have to tell him your family needs come first you can do that you aren't doing him any favors by allowing him to continue being irresponsible and to possibly sinfully lie like the person i know did which is Tell his brother that he should stop sinning and give his life to Christ like he did, as well as you know, just canceling all the debt for his brother. Ain't that amazing? His brother borrowed money from him three times, and he said, "Just go ahead and just keep it. You can have it." And felt bad for his brother. I'll tell you, because he knew his brother was lying. He said, "If I continue to give him money, he's just going to continue to lie." It's amazing After all of that He forgave his brother For lying to him Let him have the money And just said We just not gonna do money no more Because that would ruin our relationship And that Look You need to stop sinning. He's telling his brother this now. You need to stop sinning and give your life to Christ like I did. We could do it together. You know, the greatest gift that he could give him was not money. It wasn't money at all, but the gift of the gospel, of course. His brother needed Christ. So let me ask you this. Are you praying for those in your family who have needs for them to make Christ as head of their life? So Christ could supply all of their needs, and after them making the commitment to give their life to Christ, you know, if you give your life to Christ, he will supply all your needs, so says his word. Remember, the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, so says Romans 6, 23. The brother forgave his brother for lying to him numerous times, put love of God's word ahead of being mad, revengeful, or even hateful for knowing he had been scammed by his own brother, feeling used for the first time in his life in that manner. On numerous occasions afterwards, the person I know asked his brother several times to give his life to Christ. Or, as he says, get on this Jesus train with him. Unfortunately, a month after his brother had sat down and spoke to him about stop sinning and giving his life to Christ, The month after he spoke with his brother about doing this, his brother died of an overdose. The person I know only hopes that the seed he planted in his brother took hold some kind of way, but thinks that maybe if his brother had not repented, judgment of dying in his sin will come and his brother We'll be a witness against him in some manner, being that he came to home several times, reminding him of his sin that he lived in and told him to repent as time was short in their age. Now, think about it. If you tell your sibling or a friend to, look, you need to stop sinning, man. You know, God don't like sin. You know, God loves you. He wants you to live right and live righteous and holy. You say you're a Christian now, but you're out here still sinning. It don't work like that. God will cover you in your sin, but he ain't going to cover you. And then you go sin again. He's going to cover you again. Sin again, cover you again. Oh, no, no. Uh -uh. Repentance is asking for forgiveness forgiveness of your sin and then stop doing it that's what repentance is and i'm gonna tell you it's a hard thing to think about if you have taken the time to talk to someone you love and ask them if they would give their life to christ and they say they're christian stop sinning and then they die and then on judgment day comes guess who is going to be a witness against their own family because God is going to ask them, didn't your brother tell you to give your life, to stop sinning? You, you, you were given the information to give your life to Christ. You were shown the way and you ignored it. Your, your own family even several times showed you that way and you ignored it. Amazing. So let me ask you this. Have you forgiven all those who have wronged you? The person in this story knows that the Bible says in Matthew 6, 14 through 15 that if you forgive other people when they have sinned against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your father will not forgive your sins. And in Mark eleven twenty five, the Bible reads, and whenever you stand praying, and if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. In Matthew eighteen twenty-one through 22, we also read, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Yeah, no matter how many times you have been wrong, no matter what the person has ever did to you, (laughs) including raped you, beat you, stole from you, lied to you, persecuted you, cheated you. Not apologize when they blatantly got caught doing you wrong. Yes. And any other sin? Oh, you're supposed to forgive them. Forgiveness is a powerful force in our lives. Forgiveness, according to the Bible, is correctly understood as God's promise not to count our sins against us. Forgiveness requires repentance on our part, and that's turning away from our old sinful life and faith in Jesus Christ. One condition for receiving forgiveness from God is our willingness to forgive other people. Human forgiveness is a reflection on our experience and understanding of God's forgiveness. The fruit of love is the motivation behind God's forgiveness for us and our forgiveness of others. It's the love you got to have, that fruit of love that gets you to point you in the right direction to do the right thing. It's something that all of us need and thankfully through Jesus, we all have access to it. So what is the big deal about forgiveness? To us as Christians, forgiveness is rooted in the belief that all people are sinners and in need of forgiveness from God. We believe that forgiveness comes from God who extends mercy and grace to all who repent and seek forgiveness. The forgiveness of sin used to come like I talked about earlier in the Old Testament through the sacrificial blood of an animal. But Jesus changed everything, and through his sacrifice on the cross, forgiveness is available to all who confess and believe. It is the single act of love that has opened the door for everyone. Through Jesus' single sacrifice on the cross, forgiveness is available to all who confess and believe. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This story highlights for us the power of believing in Jesus. It shows us the freedom we have to come unhindered, unhindered to Christ to be forgiven. Even if it's at the last minute, in the final hour or at the very end, it doesn't matter. We got to come while we're here on earth. There's a saying a long time ago that goes something like this. When you come to Jesus, you're not late. You're not early. You are very much on time, just as long as you come into the arms of Christ before the end. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the day, you will be saved. Confess and believe. That's it. Or said another way, confess your sins and need for a savior and believe that Jesus is the savior. He is the Messiah he claimed to be. This is a pretty significant, straightforward path to forgiveness and in a similarly straightforward way. Jesus asked us to share this gospel truth with others and examples of telling those healed and saved to stop sinning and not to sin again and to confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed. Forgiveness is not just about being forgiven by God, but also extending forgiveness to others. It's about sharing the amazing news of Jesus Christ with others. We believe that for by forgiving others, it's not only an act of obedience to God, but also a way to experience healing and freedom from the burning of anger and resentment. We are called to forgive as we have been forgiven and to extend mercy and grace to others just as God has extended that mercy and grace to us. Like the story I told earlier about the person I knew whose brothers kept borrowing money from him and lying about paying it back and was forgiven. I am sure this personal experience was difficult to extend forgiveness to him after the second or the third time. But yet, he forgave him. Yeah, it's not always easy to forgive. But when we stop to consider how much we have been forgiven after all the mess we have done and how much we are loved by God. (laughs) It's hard to hold it back from forgiving others, my friend. I tell you, when you think about it, you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna forgive them. Oh, they can just go ahead and have it. It's okay." God, all the forgiveness God gave me for all the mess I did. Oh, I'm definitely gonna be forgiving everybody for anything they done against me. It doesn't matter. God requires it of us. The Book of Matthew six fourteen. Through 15 tells us For if you forgive other people When they sin against you Your heavenly father will also forgive you And like we read before But if you do not forgive others for their sin Your father will not forgive your sins Look, it's also worth noting That Jesus warns us About withholding forgiveness from others You can say he warns us About putting up obstacles And hindrances That others must overcome is hypocritical on some level when we've been given freedom and forgiveness, but then we withhold the same from someone else. Unforgiveness often leads to negative emotions such as anger, resentment, bitterness, and hatred. These emotions can consume a person and affect their daily life and lead to having stress, anxiety, and guess who's waiting at the door to get in if you don't forgive somebody? That's right, Satan. And Satan, with that anger, resentment, bitterness, and hatred that you may get if you don't forgive, oh, he'll bump it up. He'll bump it up, and that's all you would think about. And that's something that gets the word of God. You're supposed to forgive so you don't go down the road of being mad and resentful at persons that do you wrong. Holding on to forgiveness can have a physical effect on your body as well. It includes high blood pressure, heart disease. It can even weaken your immune system. I can also lead. uh, It'll take you straight to the mental health people as well if you keep going with the depression and anxiety, I tell you. Unforgiveness can damage relationships as we talked about earlier as it creates a barrier between people and makes it difficult for them to connect emotionally. It can also lead to the breakdown of relationships and cause a feeling of isolation and loneliness. Holding on to forgiveness can prevent individuals from moving on from past hurts and experiences, keeping them stuck. In a negative mindset and preventing personal growth for some individuals, unforgiveness can lead to spiritual blockages, preventing them from experiencing a deeper sense of connection with their faith and spirituality. Look, we as believers in Christ must also adhere to this verse in the Bible, "Forgiven to not be fastened to anything of the possible multitude of consequences, especially anger for not forgiving, as the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. It tells us this, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Oh, yeah. Unforgiveness can cause anger and that anger. You can't hold on to it. You're supposed to get rid of before the sun go down. Point blank, period. As you can see, Jesus isn't only concerned with our spiritual well-being, but our overall well-being as well. We are called to follow in the steps of Jesus, who even forgave his accusers and executioners as he was hanging on the cross. He surely did. He said this, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. You could say that Jesus didn't want these people to experience any hindrance in their ability to receive salvation. Oh, what a powerful, mighty God we have. He wanted them that persecuted and killed him to be forgiven. And he recognized that they didn't even fully understand who they were. Mm-mm-mm. Another way we can look at forgiveness is a parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, through 32. Luke 15, 32 illustrates the unconditional love and forgiveness of God. Despite the younger son squandering his inheritance, remember the prodigal son? His father welcomes him back with open arms, demonstrating God's willingness to forgive those who repent. The forgiveness we found in Matthew 6, 14 through 15, where Jesus said, if we forgive the trespasses, I have to follow will forgive us. It reminds us of the importance of forgiveness and being a follower of cross and in faith, linking divine forgiveness with human forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is a fundamental aspect of Christian life. And if you haven't given your life to Christ, you need to come now. Come now. You know, come now and learn the aspects of love, joy, peace, patience, all the fruits of the spirit, all nine. And reflect in those things that reflects God's mercy and grace towards humanity and encourages the true believers to extend the same forgiveness to all others. So no matter where you are in your walk and being a Christian, I ask that you come now to live in the unhindered kingdom with unhindered forgiveness, where God can lavish his love, grace and mercy over you. Maybe it's the first time or maybe it's for the thousandth time or maybe it's just a good reminder for some. But God gave us unhindered free will. And it's because of this that many, I tell you, unfortunately will not make it into the kingdom of heaven. Look, we all have a choice and the choice is yours alone to make heaven or hell. In Acts seventeen thirty 30-31, God commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. The choice can be made today. We can do it together by asking God now to forgive us of our sins that we have done. We need to ask God for forgiveness of each sin that we have done and we have not repented of. Look. There will be no excuse for those who have said they gave their life to Christ, accepted his Holy Spirit, and said they repented, which means not only that they admit that they were wrong for their sins, but they did also know that repentance means to not sin again. Those that are with Jesus and those that say they are Christians, but they're still out there sinning, Jesus calls them lukewarm. And they are considered lukewarm, which is also being considered an apostate. Do not believe that you can keep sinning and enter heaven. I know, I know, you have heard many preachers say, once saved, always saved. The only issue with that is that the Bible does not say that at all. It ain't in the Bible. I've never read once saved, always saved. Never read it. But it does say the opposite, though, which is amazing, is not stated for some reason when they say once say always say. They don't have a caveat with it, but the Bible sure has one. The Bible tells us in several verses you can lose your salvation. First of all, God is just and holy and is true to his word. And those who say they are Christian and are followers of Christ and still live in sin, they can't be let Into heaven No they can't Because God is not mocked He states it clearly That if a person dies in their sin That God will send them to the lake of fire with Satan It's that simple Yes that means that if you still lying Fornicating You're trans Homosexual You're a drunkard A drug addict Listening to worldly music About touching this And licking that And shaking this Or shaking that Oh I tell you the music these days or nothing but filth, and it's Satan ways to indoctrinate debauchery among humankind. Fool yourself if you want to and listening to every rap and R&B, rock and roll album or record for your daily routine, which can become idolization. And you think God won't ask you, why are you following a servant of Satan by listening to their music daily? Mm-hmm. That is not holy you have to be holy as God holy as Matthew seven twenty one to 23 Jesus says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. These are those who say they are followers of Christ, but still live worldly and have not stopped sinning and live in the world and are of the world, but just say they crystals, Christians, I tell you. We got to get straight and do the right thing and live right according to God's word. Look, you can come as you are right now. Jesus is waiting. Look, if you don't have a church, we would love for you to join us here and invite you to come to Luke418church.org. Click on the online membership at the link On the top of the page Fill out your information and you'll be contacted Also, you can log in And listen to wonderful Spirit-filled music Then the most Wonderful Christian podcast At Luke418radio.com Which is the leading Cutting edge in Christian radio On the internet With Christian music 24 7 365 You could go to your App Store, that's the Apple or Android store, and download the Luke 418 Church, Inc. app. I pray that I have said something that inspires you and leads you to decide to give your life to Christ today. Let us see God daily in our lives and all that we do and read the Bible daily asking God to reveal His will for our lives according to His word. Join me again, my friends, next week as we look at how to live right according to God's word and keep Christ as head of our lives. May the Lord bless you and keep you and your family. Until next time, this is your host, Kenneth Ramsby. May peace be with you. You've been listening to The Dove on Luke. 418 Radio. Join us next week as we share God's Word. Download the Luke 418 Radio app from your app store. Be sure to tune in daily to Luke418radio.com. Be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channel.